0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Back when my nephew Caleb was in high school, he was playing football for the Triton High Cobras up there in Minnesota. And as happens sometimes in small towns, there are certain kids who feel like they're privileged. You know, maybe their parents got a little money, or they kind of a big wheel in town or something. And it just seems like these kids get to play and start more than other kids do. Have you ever run into that with your grandkids and your kids? It's annoying. But anyway, these privileged kids decided that the rules really didn't apply to them. And uh, team rules and so forth, nah, so what? So they went out and they broke curfew. They were out drinking, partying, carrying on. And uh, they said to themselves, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen if we get caught? I mean, coach certainly couldn't do anything to all of us. We're, we're pretty much the starters. Well, they found out what could happen because the coach kicked every one of them off the team. And then, of course, he said, well, now you'll never have anything this year in your football team without us. And this is the best part of the story. And if you were to write this for Hollywood, they'd never believe it. They'd say it's too Unbelievable. These kids stepped in, and they were, some of them were actually better than the kids that were starting, especially my nephew. And they stepped in, and they worked harder, and they won the state championship. It was great. My dad watched that DVR of the state championship game over and over until he about wore it out. He just thought that was so great that those kids got what was coming to them, and the other kids had an opportunity. They didn't want to do the work. They didn't want to follow the rules, and that's what they get. That's pretty much today's gospel lesson. The religious leaders believed that they were the privileged people. They were God's chosen people, just like these kids in that little town. They thought they were God's chosen people, and they were the privileged religious leaders in that chosen people group. And so that they could kind of do what they wanted, and God would rubber stamp it, it would be okay. Jesus has been having a running battle with them for three years now. This, is, this comes right after uh, Palm Sunday, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, people waving uh, palm branches and throwing their cloaks on them. Jesus is very, very popular. And the religious leaders are trying to get something on him. They've been trying for a long time. And this thing is coming to a boil right now. And Jesus has had a, about enough of these religious leaders and Pharisees. And so he tells them a story. What he does is he He takes our Old Testament lesson for today from Isaiah, the story about Israel being God's vineyard and how God planted a vineyard and and took care of it. But this vineyard yielded nothing for decent grapes. It had wild grapes, sour little nubbins, no decent grapes at all. And so therefore he was going to make it a desolation kind of place. Jesus takes that Old Testament lesson and adds his own twist to it in giving it a parable. And this is the parable that he told the religious leader. She said, what do you think? There was a vineyard owner, and he leased his vineyard out to tenants. This is sharecropping. So he would get a share of the harvest, and they would get a share of the harvest. He leased his, his vineyard to these tenants. But when it came time for the harvest, they didn't bring him any of the fruit. So he sent a servant, and they and they beat up that servant. He sent another servant, and this servant they stoned and killed. And finally he said, I will send my son. They will respect my son. But instead they killed the son. They said, this is the heir. Let's kill him and we'll take the vineyard. I don't know how they thought they were going to do that. Anyway, that's what they did. And then Jesus asked the religious leaders, now now, what will the vineyard owner do? And they said, Why? He will put those wretches to a wretched death and He will lease out the vineyard to those people who give Him His share of the harvest. Jesus said, that's right. That's you. The kingdom is going to be taken away from you and given to people who produce the fruits of righteousness. And what are these fruits of righteousness? Well, peace, joy, love, generosity, all of those kinds of things that's talked about in the New Testament. If you look in Galatians 5, the fruits of righteousness are things like peace, love, joy, patience, faithfulness, generosity, gentleness, and self-control. These are all the things that show that you have God's Spirit in you. Now, this, this is not a, a kind of works righteousness sort of thing where you know you do these good things and then you deserve God's kingdom that's that's what the pharisees were always looking at this is not fruits of the spirit means god owns the vineyard we don't own the vineyard and we would expect to pay rent you know to give our share of the fruit to the to the vineyard owner it's god's world and we get to live in it and so the fruits of righteousness is simply this is our response of gratitude to god's generosity to us it's not works righteousness The Fruits of the Spirit. So when we look at a parable, we always say, okay, what did it mean then? Well, we know what it meant for the religious leaders. And then we say, and uh, what, by the way, does that say to us now? And it says a couple of pretty strong things. The first thing that this parable says to us is for us to ask the question, have we, like the religious leaders, like the wicked tenants in the vineyard, have we silenced the messengers? Have we stoned the prophets and silenced the messengers? Well, and I'm not talking about, you know, angelic messengers, and I'm not necessarily talking about televangelists as such. Uh, The scriptures can be messengers for us. That's true, the Old Testament prophets, the New Testament writers. But I'm thinking something a little closer to home. And that is, have we silenced those people who are trying to tell us things that we really should heed? And that would be things like our friends, people like our friends, maybe some of our co-workers, certainly our family members and especially our spouses sometimes try to tell us things that would be good for us to know. Have we silenced them? So if your, if your good friend says to you, you know, kind of concerned you're spending a lot of time with that cute new secretary we've got. And I'm not sure your wife is going to be all that thrilled with this. I'm a little concerned about you. It could be because you need to be concerned. If your uh, fellow church member says, you know, you really sound irritable and, and judgmental. It could be because you're irritable and judgmental. If your spouse says to you, like if my spouse says, you know, you're being a real pain. Well, obviously, that can't be true about me because I'm lovely. But uh, I mean, for other spouses, it might be true <laughs> that maybe I'm being a pain. Could, could that be real? People are, are telling us things that we might need to know, but we silence, we silence the messengers. That's the one question. Do we silence the messengers? And the second question is are we giving the fruits of righteousness to the Lord? Are we paying the rent? You know, this isn't our vineyard, as I said. Are we paying the rent? Are we giving over to God the kind of righteous actions that would show that we belong to Him? When people look at us, are they seeing peace, love, joy, patience, faithfulness, generosity, gentleness, self-control? Are they seeing those things? Or are they seeing what people saw with the Pharisees rules regulations smugness arrogance and superiority are they seeing the fruits of righteousness people want to follow somebody who has the fruit hanging from the vine they don't want somebody to say well this is what I'm gonna do they want want to watch and see what you actually are doing and have been doing for a while they want to see the fruit on the vine that's how people come become attracted to the Christian faith this is a fellowship of attraction not promotion let me tell you what you should do no no just watch what i am doing and see if that makes sense to you as a world that you want to live in the the fruits of righteousness so when we look at this parable today we ask ourselves am i letting messages in do i take feedback from other people and do i go you know that really is true about me i need to change that i need god's spirit to help me change that And am I showing those fruits of righteousness to take care of people, the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the sick, the dying? Am I doing that? If I am, then I'm showing the fruits of righteousness. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.